Imagine how it would feel to go into labor confident that it's going to be a calm and beautiful process. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Original Design Podcast. Wherever you plan to birth, this podcast can help you prepare more deeply for your labor. In each episode, you'll hear uplifting birth stories from amazing women. When they share their stories, you witness through your mirror neurons on a subconscious level that your authentic desires for birth are possible too. And it builds faith, especially when they share about their upbringing and any obstacles that they overcame along the way. So by tuning into this podcast, you're expanding your belief in your ability to birth. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of living out your original design. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review, comment, and share it with a friend that's struggling or could really benefit from the information you're about to hear. I'm here with my friend Ashley and we're going to hear her birth story today. So Ashley, can you tell me a bit about the experience you had on the day that you went into labor? Yes, um, it's probably best to start the night before just because of the timing of the labor. Um, but basically I was 38 weeks in one day and I had just come home from my midwife appointment deciding that I wasn't going to go into labor anytime soon and my midwife was still on leave um, and so I went to sleep that night being like yep probably still have about two to three weeks um, and I went to sleep and then I woke up with this huge gasp. I just woke up in the middle of the night with this huge gasp and then I felt a like a flowing river come out of me and I jumped up out of bed and I started saying, no, 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 out loud, no. <laughs> um, and the light was still off and I was actually praying that when I turned the light on that I made it up in my head that there was going to be no water on the carpet and I turned the light on and there was water everywhere <laughs> all on the bed carpet and I Blake was like what my partner Blake um he was like what's going on I was like ah oh, I can't stop wetting myself but my waters have broken I just for some reason I can't stop weeing <laughs> And then I, was, I walked down the hallway and with every step, splash, splash. <laughs> and then I sat on the toilet and it just, I, yeah, it all came out and I could not deny that my waters had broken. <laughs> um, and as I was sitting, yeah. And um, why was it that you didn't want your waters to break? What was your... Well... Because your midwife was away? Yeah, that was definitely the biggest thing. My midwife not being there um, and knowing that she was leaving the state that day. And so I went into instant denial. And then once I realised my waters had broken, I went up to Blake and I said, hey, I think I'm going to be sick. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go have a shower because I'll be giving birth today. And I need to get back inside, like, inside my body because I'm scattered. And I went in the shower and I had a good five to ten minutes of letting all the negative emotions and doubt and thoughts come into my head. Um, and then I just decided that I had no choice. Like, I literally, like, it my baby and my body had dispelled and um 
that this was the first time and so it was going to happen like, like I, no negative thought was going to change the fact that I would be birthing my baby that day and so I just got out of the shower walked back out and um, I went to ask Blake if he could message Alex but he had actually already messaged her um, and she called us straight away so Alex my midwife um, and that brought even more peace so even though I'd accepted I was giving birth there was still that I was still quite nervous um, that it wasn't going to go the way that I wanted to because Alex wasn't there and basically she said that I'm going to love birth like actually enjoy it like she said those words and then she was like and you can do that with or without me and I it just like clicked like something just clicked I had someone like really not only believing in me but sharing the same beliefs that I had been thinking over and over throughout my pregnancy that I was going to enjoy birth and yeah so I called the other midwife Teresa um, thinking that she was going to have to like come straight away and it was 2.30 or 3am by this point and she asked me a couple of questions about what was going on in my body was this happening blah 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 and I was like no 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 I'm I feel nothing like I feel normal except the fact that I you know there's water all on my floor because <laughs> I like, absolutely no twinges or anything and she's like okay that sounds good and in my head I was like what do you sounds good <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a birth to prepare for like that's what I thought like that you know I was I'd go to town I'd convince myself I got excited like Alex you know got me in the game and and apparently I'd been given an opportunity to rest <laughs> um, which normally I wouldn't have taken lightly but then I very quickly was like oh yeah I'm happy to wait I'm happy to put you know, go to sleep, have some toast, and that's exactly what I did. I had toast, um, drank a smoothie, went to sleep, and then at about 6 a.m. I woke up um, with with what felt like uh, period cramps, and I was just repeating, breathe in love, breathe out pain. And that was more just fun and getting into it in the beginning. Like, oh yeah, this is the absolute very beginning of where my labor is going to begin. Um, but that slowly um, transferred into breathe in love or oh, oh, breathe out pain. <laughs> this is getting painful. And so I got up out of bed and I just decided that I was going to stay on my feet for a little while. Um, just to get my blood flowing because I'd just been laying down for a little while thought maybe that's what was causing some pain just needed to move and um, and then from there my it was actually my brother's birthday who I was living with at the time and he came downstairs I'd shared the news and then I said so even though it's your birthday I would like you to go out for the day <laughs> and not come home tonight <laughs> which we'd previously discussed so he was fine with that and he left and I I don't really know what my partner Blake was doing I actually don't remember anymore um, what he like where he was in the space at the very beginning. He seemed to let me be on my own, which I actually much preferred in the, in, in the early stages of those twinges and those really small contractions. And so I went into the bedroom and I actually just listened to um, a breathing YouTube video. And I did that for about an hour and 
then the contractions begin to they begin to be a lot stronger in what seem to be close uh, closer together um, but I wasn't experiencing any pain and they didn't um, like they were before and they also didn't require my attention or my focus whatsoever like I could still be talking to my partner Blake while experiencing a contraction and and around about what time is this so at this point this would have been around nine o'clock so it had been three hours since I woke up um and I was just keeping to my midwife Teresa up to date and but then also Alex and I called her one more time just to hear her voice again and just to see what else she had to share one last time and um, the part that I appreciated is Alex didn't go like it she didn't let her disappointment of missing the birth come into the space she didn't bring it up at all she just said um, that she so she was sorry she wasn't going to be there but she, like if she, I need to message her the whole time I can if I don't at all that's fine and um, that was the last time I actually spoke to her I completely forgot about her after that like she was like there like that her words were there um, but other than that I didn't feel that need to quickly go to my phone and be, and update her and uh, I was feeling really happy and peaceful and what wasn't really thinking about what I needed to do and every now and again Blake would say oh Teresa has asked this question and and I would answer and it would be things like um, ju just like oh just checking in uh, ha has your mus mucus plug come and I actually didn't know what that was at the time and I was like oh I'm not sure about that but this happened and she's like oh okay that sounds like your mucus plug I was like oh uh, great and Teresa was 45 minute drive away and she reminded me of that and I had forgotten I thought oh if I need her I'll just like she's a five ten minute drive away and then I, I said oh no you don't have to come and by this point it was about 10 10 30 and I spent the majority of that hour to an hour and a half just in the shower in and out of the shower putting letting the hot water run on my back and um, once Teresa reminds me of the drive I, about five minutes after I was like oh okay I think you should come now um, and just to um, can you give me some context about so obviously you were having a planned home birth yeah um, did you have anything set up actually at your home yeah. at this point or was Teresa bringing it um, or like you know yeah. So the so this was a Thursday and the weekend before the Thursday Blake went and bought everything on our birth supply list despite me saying that he didn't have to go do it because I, we had plenty of time. Yeah. Um <laughs> so that sounds like Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we had things on our list like a, a, a tarp because I wanted to have a water birth. So we bought a blue tarp to be un to sit underneath the pool. And um, a hose fitting. So those things, um, the tarp was down at this point. Yeah, Blake had put the tarp down and then a sheet over the top of that to avoid slipping. And uh, that was it. Was like, the pool set up? The pool what? wasn't set up at this point. Actually, once I get there, there's a f funny story with it, like during my labor to do with the setup, the birth pool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but I, the birth pool was there, but it was just still in its bag. And all we needed was to supply was a hose and a hose fitting.
So Blake had had all that handled, including um, some secondhand towels in case they, you know, got really dirty and ruined or whatever. And um, but by 10:30, I was just in Blake's underwear because they were like so comfy, <laughs> and I put on a maternity bra for the first time, and I felt like that's all I needed. <laughs> um, and I still had sheets set up blocking the windows from my baby parent blessing. So I set up that space for the blessing um, so it could be, so everyone I trusted and loved and f could come into that space and bless it and it stayed that way until I gave birth. And um, yeah, so that was set up and so the house was, there wasn't much natural light coming through at all, which is what I wanted. I just believed that if I was, if I had minimal natural light or um, minimal, uh, what do you call the other light? <laughs> um, synthetic light? Yes, thank you. <laughs> synthetic light. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I would be able, I wouldn't, um, basically I'd be able to not think and my body would take over. Mm -hmm. So I really had that belief that if I didn't have to answer many questions or um, or my cortex be turned on wondering, oh, what's that bright light or what's that in the distance, um, that I would have a smooth, quick labour in that sense mm -hmm. if, yeah, the outside distractions were at a minimum. Mm -hmm. So to me, all of that feeds into the concept of creating a space that's undisturbed yes so just an undisturbed yeah. space low lit low yeah. low noise yeah. um just really and unobserved as unobserved. well i it it was like even though the people were present they could see me but they couldn't fully see me and that was that to me felt like i was i was unobserved um and that, yeah, it was just me personally, instead of, you know, covering my eyes and stuff like that, I could just be in this room, in this space, completely open, but not fully seen. Mm -hmm. And that, that's kind of what I wanted. That's what I was imagining. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like all of those things contributed to you feeling safe yeah during yeah. the labor process and safe enough to just surrender to the process yeah is that right yeah that that's pretty spot on the um a big thing about the birth space that i wanted and why i chose home birth was to feel safe with the people i'd chosen to be there um but also even in the physical sense of um, I could choose the noise that I wanted as well. So I had uh, music playing and um, I could choose if I wanted extra medical help by going to the hospital, like transferring there if I chose to, instead of it being in the, in the room. I just felt I didn't have to associate with it at all unless I could get into a car and drive so yeah I didn't want to neg those things didn't make me feel unsafe like the hospital completely and I wasn't neglecting them fully but to feel safe within my decisions safe to open up and birth my baby knowing that um, everyone who was there believed the same um, belief that I did that I could birth my baby by myself um, that's that made me feel safe mm. and so they were all able to trust the process of birth yeah yeah and mm. it wasn't laughed at it wasn't questioned um, it just was you know and if they remembered that as that was Ashley's birth that's how she liked it like then that's 
how they interpreted it but other than that I wouldn't I wouldn't know that it's just they came into my space fully respected it and left it as as it was mm. like they yeah that's beautiful um and so mm. so going back to the story yeah um you said that you asked Teresa your midwife to come yeah. at this point so she's 45 minutes away she starts coming to you yeah. what else is going on with you um, at that point so knowing that Teresa was coming, um, every like, I felt the intensity of the contractions. They required my full focus. Um, I also start like curled up in a ball on the couch, um, and I didn't really know what to do at that point so I just kind of stayed laying there waiting for Teresa to arrive but before she did my mum kept calling me over and over again to find out about um, a birthday cake (laughs) because it was my brother's birthday and she wanted to know if I could have this certain cake because I eat plant-based and anyway, um, I had decided <laughs> that so I really wasn't. I wasn't going to tell anyone else that I was in labour, and so. Um, but then I felt like if I didn't respond to these messages, that Mum would get worried because I was heavily pregnant, and um, questions would be raised. So I went to just put my phone to the side, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Just gonna answer this call and I told her that my waters had broken and I was in labor and then I stopped talking because I had a contraction that took my whole focus and I could just hear my mom being like Ashley are you kidding where'd you go Ashley and I actually could not tell her that I was still here I'm experiencing a, a contraction that's how strong they were in, in that at that point and then I was like, oh, sorry, I just had a contraction. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're serious. I said, yeah, like, I'm not going to joke about that. <laughs> and then I'm like, but I'm not, I was like, I wasn't going to um, tell you, but I decided that I will, but I won't be talking to anyone for the rest of the day until I give birth. Um, so I won't have my phone on me. And just, I just had to let her know that I won't be contactable. Um, and now, and she'll just have to sit <laughs> with knowing that I'm in labor, giving birth at home, which she was like unsure about the whole pregnancy. And I was like, okay, bye. Oh, bye, mom. <laughs> I'm gonna go give birth now, basically. <laughs> it was pretty, it was, and that, that kind of like made me laugh and it was a bit humorous. And then the contractions weakened and I, they no longer required my focus and then my brother happened to come back home and he was like I'm just stopping in I'm going back out and then yeah Teresa walked through the door I was like hey Teresa and she's like hey <laughs> I was, and I was I didn't really think about it at the time I just thought you know she would arrive being like oh whatever but I Later on, I'd found out that she thought she was arriving to um, a laboring woman who was just about to go into active labor, and here I am just getting off the phone to my mum. My brother's still here. And um, and then my student midwife arrived, and I was just smiling. I remember being like, yeah, like, water's break at this time. I'm really excited. And I was like, I don't really know what's happening now. I stopped feeling everything. <laughs> and the, the, the thing I liked about Teresa is she kept all the paperwork and anything that looked um, like it came from an office or she put it into one room completely out of sight. And so that what like wasn't on my mind at all. And... Um, then my brother left, and as soon as he left, um, I experienced a contraction that made me let out a roar. 
and I remember actually being quite confronted by that rule like I didn't know what it meant and why I needed to do it all I know is that it um, was taking me up like I didn't feel any pain it was just I could feel these sensations through my body and it left me feeling really light and fluffy um, but it took a roar each time to get there and then but I, I was meanwhile I was still curled up on the couch still in that semi mindset where I felt like I wasn't sure what to do even though I had imagined dancing and or being on my feet and swaying and I asked my student midwife Yani to come over and I told her that I, I felt scared and she asked me why and I said because I can't move and she's like oh what what's stopping you from moving I was like oh I don't know I was like I I didn't think I could get up and she's like, well, you can get up. She's like, you can get up. She's like, yeah, I can help you get up. And, and then I got up and for three hours, I rocked and swayed, um, again, like holding on to my kitchen bench. And I had um, Blake holding my hand at times. I had Yanni trickling, like, uh, tickling down my back um, I had them bring over a heat pack strap so they wrapped that around um, my stomach and back and that was super comforting and I just heard things like oh just continue breathing your baby down and um, that made me realize that like I that's exactly what I was doing I really was standing and breathing my baby down allowing gravity to help me listening to the gentle soft voices uh, I wasn't really opening my eyes at all um, I was just keeping my head down I remember just feeling so focused and uh, in control despite not really having much control of what was going on with my body but just in the sense of this this is really happening and I wanted to be there I wanted to continue being there and continue doing it and and I said that I think that I was ready for the pool um, and they I remember them responding with something like I think you're ready as well and so that was like oh I think I'm you know really leading up to active labor uh, and from that point I had a massive contraction that made me like need to go on my hands and knees and my student midwife Yanni lay by m sat by my side while they uh, pumped up the pool and they said how about while we pump up the pool you go into the shower and I, w I was in the shower for a little bit um, I don't remember coming out, all I remember is going in there with clothes and coming out fully naked and I actually remember <laughs> envisioning that when I gave birth like there was not going to be any shame about being fully naked in front of people and so um, again I was on my hands and knees and the pool had been pumped up and I kept looking behind me saying I Yanni, I'm ready to go in. Um, where, where's the water? <laughs> and I was experiencing some really full-on contractions. There wasn't really any break in between them. I was letting out, continuing to let out the deep roars. And but then I felt like I was in a spiral because I kept going. Yep. All right, Yanni. I would like to go in the pool now. I'd look behind me, and there'd be no water. And I'd ask the same question again: Where's the water? <laughs> oh, no. And Yanni, I just remember her being like, "Oh, yeah, just a little, little bit longer." <laughs> like so calm, and you know, I was in no <laughs> mindset to like argue. I was just like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, yep, it's coming. Just a little bit longer." 
And um, meanwhile, I didn't know, but Blake was struggling to get the fitting on the tap. So the hose fitting that would reach the birth pool to fill it up with water. And I started saying that, okay, I started feeling a bit agitated because I was like, okay, I'm pushing. I was like, I need to get in the water. I was like, my body is pushing involuntarily. <laughs> I was like, I need to get in. And at the same time, uh, Blake told me that Teresa was like, look, Ashley's about to give birth. I don't think she's gonna make it into the pool. And apparently Blake asked for two more minutes he figured it out, <laughs> he just figured it out, um, and I heard the water hit the, oh, the tap, the, um, yeah, <laughs> the plastic, <laughs> and I was like, yes, it really is coming, like the water is coming, and for whatever reason, my body slowed down, it stopped pushing, and I was ready to have a bit of a break and relax, um, and... I, I got up and I remember Yanni going, oh no, it's not quite filled yet. And I just sat in it like there was, you know, probably it's only 20 centimeters high at that point. And I just sat in the, you know, little puddle that was there in the pool and I just cried, happy tears. And I was like, this feels so good. I was like, thank you. Thank you. It just kept saying thank you over and over. But I felt so grateful. I felt like I felt all that emotion. And I just wanted to kiss everyone and let them know that, yeah, like you really pulled through. <laughs> like, To, yeah, like the high, the high five. I didn't do those things, but I was just like, yeah, like they, they, they all had shiny, sunny faces. Like you know, just there was some love pouring out of me, and um, I let myself flop over the edge of the pool, and had my legs. I was still on my knee, so I never really got into the crouching position. I was always held up on my elbows somewhere and then um, on my knees or on my feet and that was most comfortable for me and <clears throat> I spent the next two hours so we're now about five hours into my labor um, where it was absolute bliss I was cackling and I had my hands in the air and I was screaming yes yes like it was, I was honestly enjoying the sensations, the experience. I was holding on to the hands of my midwives, the hands of my partner. I could hear my partner like gently laughing at my <laughs> like cackling and, and but being like, oh, like he just, I knew he was so happy for me in those moments. And then um, I don't really know what happened, but I started to experience a lot of pain where I had thoughts of this is my only baby, like I'm not going to come back here again and experience this pain for a second or third time. Um, and I kind of... Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to ask... Um with the period of two hours yeah where it felt really really good um what were your what were the surges what were the contractions doing at that point oh yeah so were they i should yeah um do you remember they would come like i would feel them and i remember reading a lot about people um, in labor feeling their contraction and instead of figuring out how to soothe it or make it stop or slow down to just l let it fully hit you to the point where you no longer know when you're not having a contraction and when you are that's what I remember feeling in those two hours 
I actually thought that maybe nothing was really happening other than the fact that I was letting out these joyful noises and I knew that I was I was there doing exactly what I needed to do um, but I no longer yeah I it was honestly like I was on a constant wave in that point mm-hmm. um, constant surge and um, when when I said that I was experiencing pain they suggested that I get into a different position and um, I I tried that and I ended up just fully letting myself fall in onto the pool and saying no I'm just gonna go have a sleep now um, it was kind of like oh, I, I really enjoyed that before but I'm actually really tired now so I'm going to have a rest because I can't really continue it, it was interesting going from really enjoying it and thinking that yeah I'm in that zone that I really wanted to be where I was just basically I, it was like an outer body, outer body experience I was watching myself just kind of laugh and and um, and sing and cheer to just wanting to sleep and I'd heard of women actually sleeping in their labor and I thought that maybe this was that but I felt some fear again come up and I felt like I needed some affirmation that or reassurance that what I'd been doing for those two hours was what I was supposed to be doing like was I really supposed to be enjoying birth that much or or in labor or did my labor stop and I I said am I doing this right and I just remember like the gentle laughs of my midwives and Blake and their they're like, of course you you are doing it. You're you've breathed your baby down. Um, they're like, we can see your baby, and I just remember being like, even though I was experiencing pain at that point, I was like, oh okay, like, so yeah, like I I could get back into that mindset of yep, um, I like my baby is right there and that happened from everything I was doing and so I must just continue doing that and um, I so I just like was like all right I'm gonna try and get into that state again and feel like I'm flying above myself Um, and I just couldn't grasp it again and they said the midwife suggested that I stand up and go to the toilet and it took them about half an hour to convince me of that because I really didn't think that's what I needed to do I thought that uh, or I was you know I wanted to be in that laughing happy um, zone again I didn't want to have to get up and and go to the toilet I just thought that was silly and anyway I but because I kept experiencing this pain I was like no no you know what I'm gonna listen I'm gonna I'm gonna get up and I'm going to go to the toilet and so I did that and as I sat on the toilet um, I had to put both arms to the wall and I just pushed on the wall and I felt this really strong contraction I felt my baby moving I could feel um, the baby literally getting into a better position and so I stayed there through two more contractions and by this point um, my student midwife had run over and I had my arms around her neck and every time through those last two contractions I would pull down on her neck and let out a roar and I would sway her to the side and um, I just felt like she would have had battle wounds all over her <laughs> um, but it, I was just like no, like she she's letting me lean on her right now I'm just going to put my full weight on her 
and then I apparently got up and pushed the door open and I told everyone, I was like, everyone get out of my way, I'm getting back in the pool. Um, I was like, I, I need to get back in the pool, I'm ready. And I got in and those last 20 minutes of labor were still really hard because I started to feel tired and exhausted. And um, even though I could feel no pain, it was more exhaustion now that had start that had really creeped in. And my partner Blake, he came over with a spoon full of rice malt syrup, and I um, had some of that. And then I had water that was just you know. Um, being they would hold the cup for me and I would just drink out of this cup I didn't even have to hold my own cup or anything and I would have they would put water over my head and I remember that being really replenishing and then the last five minutes of the labor and birth which was actually recorded um, it was a lot of uh, each contraction my my baby's head would come out a little bit and go back in, come out a little bit, go back in. And I felt my baby's head um, to, just to know that he or she was really there. And um, I, my midwives would say, gently breathe him down. And I would respond back with this deep voice gently <laughs> and, this, and this really primal um bellow and lots of lots of like oohs and ahs but really deep and um I from there I didn't have to think about what I had to do I just remember telling myself that this was happening and that this is the part that I didn't like my body would do for me um, and I felt my body pushing like I involuntarily I just felt pushing and that felt really good and then I put one leg up um, in a crouching position and um, I was letting out this really, really long uh, ooh sound, and but I couldn't feel anything. I just kept it; just kept going. I just remember it ringing in my ears. The sound I was making, and then my midwife said, "Sit back, sit back," and um, I sat back, and Teresa and myself caught my baby and we both I went to lift my baby out straight away but the cord was wrapped around just once and then so Teresa unwrapped the cord and then she put my baby in my arms and I can still remember just seeing my baby under the water and hands as if he he was reaching out and um, and I just kept, like, I just instantly cried. I just let, like, all these tears come out. I could not control it. I just kept crying and crying. And I felt, like, disbelief that I had just done it and that um, he was really here and those last five minutes felt like 30 seconds from the moment I was like, okay, this is the time where my body takes over to literally seeing my baby out on the outside in the water and then in my arms, like I could feel him. I could feel the umbilical cord pulsing on, on my stomach, which had already gone, you know, dramatically gone down. Um, and I just, I just kept blowing on his face because uh, he was quite purple and I just wanted to stimulate that uh, first cry um, or that first breath. 
but he just kept looking up at me and blinking and then looking around the room and then he let out this little crackly cry to or two little crackly cries and I just remember going saying yes yes like I just I knew I just remember thinking I know I know you're here you're finally here I know mommy's here and um, I just was still crying I, did, I could not believe the tears like I just let it flow out and then one of the midwives said, would you like to find out if you had a boy or girl? Because at that point, we still didn't know. And I remember thinking, oh, that's right. Like, like the, this, this baby is like a boy or a girl. Like, like, this is the moment I find out, I guess. And we just flipped the towel over and we saw that he was a boy. And that that didn't lower or rise the mood or the emotions it was just like yeah you're you're a little boy and you're here (laughs) and i actually stayed in the birth pool um for about 20 minutes to half an hour i was so comfortable now i didn't want to get out um and because i had been in there so long when i did say that I was ready to get out. My midwife said, um, were, were prepared to catch a placenta basically. And so they had this towel ready wrapped around me like a big diaper as I was getting out of the pool. <laughs> but the placenta didn't fall out like that. And I just laid on the couch because I really wanted to uh, do the breast crawl. And, um, that I just gently pushed the placenta out. Um, I remember my midwife said, when they said, yeah, you can just push it out. I was like, oh, I know I can't. Like there's no muscle that wants to push right now. And they said, we can see it. I was like, what, you can see the placenta? And they said, just one little tiny push like, and it will come out. And I was like, okay. And so, yeah, I literally just like moved and they were like, yeah, there we go. It's out. I was like, oh, that was easy. And went straight back to looking at my baby and he did the breast crawl, which I just, I really wanted to do. And I naturally, like the design of it, it made sense to me. I I thought it would happen, but watching your baby who had just been born less than half an hour prior crawl up your stomach. Um, it was pretty phenomenal to witness that, um, that natural instinct to find the breast and to latch on, which he did. And then um, once he did that, he was. I wanted to do a lotus birth, so I wanted to keep him attached to the placenta until the cord fell off from his belly button itself. And so um, from there, I think think it'd been about an hour after the breast crawl and I kind of felt ready um, or it was more I realized that, oh wow, it'd been more than an hour. Blake, would you like to um, have skin to skin with our son? And it was really important for me to have skin to skin, but also I felt it was equally important for Blake to have skin to skin afterwards. And so while him and my student midwife cleaned the placenta so they could put it in a a strainer inside a bowl, um, he had our tiny little baby inside his shirt. (laughs) Like you know like skin to skin and um still like our baby was still fully naked like untouched from the birth like still um covered in uh vernix and i was just watching on the on the couch um from a distance while he helped like there was just this little lump under his shirt while i was being cared for by my midwives which um, they were 
just like attending to me to make sure there were no any internal um, grazes or tears, which there weren't. And that part, I didn't know they were going to check if I had any tears and stuff. But I remember feeling so loved and cared for after that they um, were there to offer that kind of support where they would make sure that um, if I did have a tear that they could fix it or stitch it for me. I did have one minor tear, but they I said if I didn't need stitches that I didn't want any and they said that I didn't need to and they actually used um, nori seaweed instead like a band-aid which we've spoken about um, and then um, they transferred me to my bed and I actually decided to not have a shower <laughs> like I I actually found comfort in still having the smell of birth around me I guess because I'd come out of the water there wasn't really any blood or anything left over it was just um, like I could still kind of feel the cleanliness in my hair and um, with my son still having the vernix on him there was just so much um, comfort in that like we were still we had become we were still one like he was like as if he was inside of me but he was now on the outside and we were sharing this experience together and I didn't want I wasn't ready to wash any of that away and that was just part of um, what I would have liked what I wanted for the process in those uh, first three days where uh, it was just completely natural that if I was like out in the wild or something that's the way it would be or that maybe I'd washed myself in a creek or something like that like I wanted it to be as natural or uh, um, in, as natural as it could possibly be and um, and yeah I accomplished that and I I stayed in my, I ended up staying in my bed for five days um, and only getting up to go to the toilet. Uh, Blake, my partner, he um, would bring me freshly squeezed juices and bowls of oats and I just remember thinking that, that I was totally okay to rest in his care and rest um, in his help and his presence um, where he you know he wanted me to heal he wasn't there was no like shame around the healing process or the the raw and gory parts after birth and he um, he was supportive of the lotus birth so we ended up cutting the cord after 24 hours though but he he had no problem carrying around a placenta with him every time he like changed our baby's nappy and I just remember feeling blissed out by all those little minor details of the birth and the labor and the hours afterward that um no there was no judgment it was just it was just pure bliss um but yeah and now my that baby is almost two in a couple of months and we're getting ready for our second birth in june <laughs> so good. yeah that's beautiful thank you mm. so much for sharing yeah, thanks for having me Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a very unique story. Yeah. So many little uh, facets. I'm really glad that you went into the details. I feel like it's really useful to be able to understand just the way that you were thinking throughout the whole yeah. thing, um, the expectations you had, but then what it ended up being. And um, so I really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, we're just going to end on three questions. And these are more practical, light-hearted mm, yeah. questions. The first one is, 
what was the best thing that you purchased or were given for a hundred dollars or less yeah um definitely the wrap the carrier that i had um i bought this stretchy bamboo wrap that were was designed for little squishy newborns for those first eight weeks um this was at a time when i didn't know that you could get a clip-in carrier for a newborn which i also had um but uh which i would get which i'm getting for this baby as well i'm only having the clip on the clip-in carrier so you can get them as ergo baby tula baby bjorn but for this for this instance i would say that 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 wrap, um, I would definitely recommend as a practical thing to buy because I could put it on at the start of the day over my clothing as if it was part of my um, style or accessory for the, the day. And I just had to wrap it once and I didn't have to take it off and I could slip my little newborn in and out as I needed or as he needed and because of the stretchiness of the bamboo um, it felt really secure on me and I felt like um, he wasn't going anywhere he wouldn't move around too much and that was really important to have him close by and have um, that close contact where he could smell me and I could smell him I felt, um, I believe that it encouraged um, successful breastfeeding because the hormones would constantly be released the closer he was with me. I felt, I believed that um, it would make my my baby feel more safe um, and that transition from inside the womb to outside the womb that, not that I wanted to replicate the, the womb, I didn't want to... Um, spend that fourth trimester as if he was still inside the womb but having that wrap um, allowed that transition to be so gentle and secure and close that even though he knew that he was outside he could feel the cold air or he could really hear other noises but if he was close to me or close to Blake and he could smell us or even see us because he was you know that much closer and newborns that all they really see is blur um that yeah he just feels so safe and i and i to a lot of people that sounded too much but i wanted to offer that to my baby so when i that's what i would suggest is a wrap or a baby carrier that keeps your baby close um for that gentle transition and even just to make your day-to-day -day life a little bit easier when you're ready to get back to it because it gives you two hands <laughs> yeah that's great and um yeah you can go for walks with it and walks with the baby in it and yeah yeah perfect okay and the second question is about the fourth trimester so the period of time after when you're resting and recuperating you talked a little bit about those first few days um, is there any thoughts or encouragement you have for women um, for that part of the journey um, what would you say is yeah what would you recommend um, I think that uh, it's important to ask yourself what you truly desire or need in that time, which is what I asked myself because I remember feeling like I really wanted that space to be sacred and just be with my partner and I and our new baby. And I remember um, feeling very alone on that topic 
to friends and extended family because what I had seen in movies or heard from other people is at once the baby arrives that's when you know everyone can come and visit and hold the baby and I just didn't want that um, similar to when I just didn't want to tell people when I was in labor I was really conscious of protecting the space even if they weren't there um, I was aware of other people being really scared of me having a home birth so I chose to um, just not let them in that space because I, I knew it's not what I needed um, and so when, once I asked myself that question and was really honest despite any guilt or shame that came around it or even just feeling selfish like um, as if you know I just wanted the baby all to myself it was like well of course I want the baby all to myself so I think that was very natural of me to want that and so in those yeah the, that fourth trimester so the it's about 12 weeks um, I didn't really go to many events even ones that would have been in important like um, a 21st birthday kind of thing if I felt like uh, that if I if I felt like my baby didn't need that or I didn't need it I just said no and um, if especially in that first week so I'll probably just focus like on that first week because that pretty much was um, had a rippling effect for the whole fourth trimester so the the decisions I made in the first week um, really set a foundation and a boundary for the rest of the trimester, the fourth trimester, and that was um, I didn't want any gifts um, brought over, um, and like so, material gifts like clothes for the baby or stuff like that. Um, just because I had sourced all his clothes secondhand, and I really wanted. I, I just I didn't want that to be brought to the space I didn't think those kinds of gifts needed to be brought to the space but if someone wanted to come over and make me a sandwich or a batch of food um, I was really happy about that because I was all about nourishment um, and support for uh, a successful breastfeeding journey so um, yeah, that, I think I've answered the question, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And the last question that I have is about if you had a billboard and you could put a message on it for pregnant women to see, what would you write? Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Just yes. Yeah. <laughs> So first thing that really comes to mind um, is um, you know you know your body and love your body the way you know your baby and love your baby um, and I w it would be along that kind of line because. Uh, throughout pregnancy, labour, birth, postpartum, I truly believe that the mother knows their body. Like they know it and more importantly, truly loves their body or should love their body just as much as they're going to love their baby or they do love their baby and they already know their baby before they birth it. I just truly believe on a, a spiritual level, a physiological level. Um, and I think that having that belief that you 
do know um, yeah that you do know that your your body you do know your body and that you love it that you're going to be able to have the birth that you desire because you know you're going to believe it to life like you're you know you're going to believe that it's true and then you're going to do it so yeah I think yeah there will be something about that <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool question mm. Mm, thank you so good awesome yeah. <sighs> well thank you so much Ashley for um sharing your story um it's just amazing. I am in, I'm just in awe. I was loving that whole thing. It was beautiful. Thanks for listening. <laughs>